This is a Baby Brunch podcast. I struggled for a very long time to think, what do I call this podcast? Because I have so many questions around human resources. What are my rights in the workplace? Do I go back to work? UIF is the biggest, I think, industry when it comes to thieves or people that want to help us. In studio today, I've got Madeleine Smith. She is the managing director of HR Company Solutions. She's also a mother of two that has decided to take her knowledge and to develop a business that can help other people and help families. And I know that you have an opportunity to speak to corporates and to schools. So I'm glad that you are here to talk on this podcast today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be a part of this journey. I know I sent you a whole bunch of questions and I'm not going to stick with them at all because since I met you walking through the door, I realized that I have access to knowledge that I've never had before. And I want to dive right in there. So I know that when we are pregnant and I only realized this after my baby was born, as a South African, you have access to unemployment benefits because you're not pregnant. Now, there's two scenarios in my case, and I'm using this as an example so that Madeleine can just quickly help us floss through this for a lack of a better term but on the one side I had signed up to an unemployment agency so I received benefits god forbid if I'm disabled or become differently abled or need access to money if I'm unable to work and that was quite cool because they gave me one salary and it was a salary that we discussed on way before I was pregnant and they gave me that one salary and that's what I got in the entire term of my pregnancy but then people told me about these UIF agencies that you can sign up to. And I signed up to one. And when I called them five months later, the emails would bounce back and they dissolved as a company. As someone who understands this, what is that? So first we need to understand what is the unemployment fund. So this is a contribution that you as an employee and your employer make together every month on your payroll. It's a calculation of 1% of your salary. This gets paid into an unemployment fund, and the fund then can assist you when you are pregnant. Now, as any government institution, nobody wants to stand in a queue, nobody wants to go back, but also because you don't really know what is asked from you, what forms do you take, so forth, you get companies that offer you that assistance. Mm. And this, shockingly, is where companies are taking advantage of pregnant, heavily pregnant women, which is at their last term. Yeah. Or they have recently actually had the babies and now they are sitting in these queues with these newborn babies. So companies and agencies are saying, we will do that for you for a fee or a percentage of what you get for the four months. And the scam artists that are around that are taking these pregnant or new moms to the cleaners is shocking. So I think it's very important for us to be mindful that there is a scam out there when it comes to UIF. But you can actually claim your own UIF online. So only recently, maybe the last year, the UIF department has actually got an online portal. So you can do your claims through the online portal without actually having to go in if you have all the correct documentation. Now, where do you get the documents from? So you need a UI-19 form. So this is where your employer 
puts in a return every month to say, these are the people that have contributed to the fund. And if you are then pregnant and you are going on your leave, this will then show on their return as a company. They will give you copies of the paperwork that you need and you will then submit it. It's supposed to be effortless. You will then get only a percentage of your salary back. So you don't get a full salary for four months, but you do get a percentage of your salary back. But if someone screws you to a percentage of your salary, they're screwing you to a percentage of your salary. Absolutely. It's appalling. It really, really is appalling. Or they just disappear off the face of the earth. They open another agency, do it to 10 more moms, take their service fee, close shop, move on to the next one. So equal as to job scammers, we are getting these UIF scammers that are really just causing so much havoc when it comes to new moms. That's something to be on the lookout for. So you've had the baby. The baby's four in my case. The other baby's two. I've been scammed again. So do how long after you've had your child can you claim from unemployment? A year. A year after you've had your so child, I'm you can screwed. claim. You're, yeah, you're done now. And also you need to be mindful that you can only claim from the unemployment fund if you are unemployed. So if you... You are considered unemployed for a four-month period when you are on maternity leave. Once you come back to maternity leave, you will only be able to claim those four months that you were booked off um, for your maternity leave. But you have got up into a year because that's how long it takes. You're not going to get your first month contribution from the fund in your first month of your maternity. <laughs> you are going to get that contribution maybe only seven Can or I eight months. Wow, Madeline. Yes. It's, and I think also a lot of why these things are happening to moms is just because we do not know the lack of knowledge about these funds and deductions that are getting made and mm. funds we are contributing to is because there is not enough people that is explaining to moms, this is where you go. This is what you do next. And sadly, HR departments or managers or payroll managers also doesn't know. Mm. because the fund is so behind or or the paperwork changes or whatever they can dream of and that people just stop doing it because it is just such a headache. Now that I've calmed down, I'm going to quickly <laughs> go back and just explain to everyone listening what you do for a living. So I'm the managing director of HR Company Solutions. So what we do is recruitment in essence. So although we don't find people jobs, because that would be in an ideal world, something that would really rock my world. But what we do is we assist companies that are looking for talent for their businesses. Oh, wow. So companies would come to us and say, we are looking for a office manager with so many years experience in this area for the salary. I'm looking for a nanny. Wonderful. You've come to the right place. I'm looking for an au pair that won't resign on the first day when she starts, even sacrificing and taking bags of money and offering it to them. True story. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, there's really only one person that can't run away from their kids. And, and that's it's the us. mom. Yay. <laughs> I'd much rather stay with them than have someone who doesn't want to be there, right? Exactly. So finding a nanny is, is really hard work. But once you find that wonderful person, mm, you just need magical. to hug and hold on to them forever. <laughs> Again, if you just tune in and you fast forwarded hrcompanysolutions.co.za, that's where Madeleine is from. And when I knew knew about what she does, I was like, this is ideal. We can talk about URF. And I have so many questions for you. So thank you once again for being here. You're a mom. And I want to know, what did you do when you had your babies? I mean, were you knowledgeable in this field to know where to turn to and to go, especially when it comes to work? 
So sadly, my journey with starting my own business was because I had a really bad experience with my previous employer when my baby was really small. So Mm -hmm. I was in a position where I couldn't be there when my child had to take her tonsils out because Mm -hmm. I already used my three days when I had to take her to the doctor when she had tonsillitis. And then when I started my business, I was very determined that I was only going to employ mothers. It wasn't women, it was moms. Mm -hmm. And the business module that I have adapted in our business is that the people that work for me doesn't actually have to be in my office. Mm -hmm. They can work from home and still be a mom. And I find that it's worked so well in my Mm -hmm. business that I want to use every opportunity that I can to fight for moms and talk about ways that moms can still be moms, but also work at the same time. So I'm very passionate about that. And yes, being a mom and having women work for me that have got moms, we are just so happy and Mm. we are just in such good spaces and we are such good moms and we can have both. I love how you say you can have both. And and that's what I want to talk about. So (sighs) unemployed mom. I took maternity leave and I didn't go back. It's actually happened to me. I did a live show and I decided not to go back after my baby was born before I started my radio gig. But let's say that you are looking. How do you even start looking for a job? What do you do? Okay, so first of all, I need to say that it is extremely tough for moms to re-enter the workplace. This is something that I also want to shout on the top of the rooftops to employers who are specifically asking us to not send them moms or to not send them recently married individuals who are still looking to have children or who are asking us, we don't want somebody who has got children less than seven years old. Wow. Yes. So this is very frustrating and it's very, very hard for moms who have decided to take the foundation years and be with their children. Mm. But before they took that time off, majority used to be in decent positions in their Mm -hmm. businesses. They are all educated. They have got the work experience. They decided to take a break. Why is it so hard for them to go back into the workplace? Mm -hmm. It frustrates me because employers don't realize that if a mom is being in a marketing position, she is always looking and keeping her knowledge about her marketing industry up to tab. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't fall off the planet. She doesn't not know how to do her job anymore. But what frustrates me even more is that when you give a mother an opportunity to work, moms have got skills that you cannot even learn in the workplace. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about negotiation skills. Yeah. <laughs> to, to ha- you'd have a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. The negotiations to get bathed, fed, put clothes on, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Finances. Do you know how hard it is for a person and a mom to work on the budget of one income, which is a father or a single mother, which is only getting that little bit of support? The financial skills that that mom learns while she is at home is something that can be so beneficial for any business. Do we speak up and say, I need a gig? Do you do you discuss it with people and and say I need I need help because I need to get out of the house and my my baby's growing. 
So I am not fortunate enough to have the platforms where I can speak to women to empower them to say, come back, get, go back into what you love. If you are a stay-at-home mom and that's what you love, you are no different than the mom that is working in a corporate world. But if you have a love to get money, or you have to get money, if you've got a car and you've got rent, you've got utility bills, you need to work. And most people's mentality still in our day and age is that moms belong at home and dads belong out there in the world. And I think that there are so many unhappy moms that sit at home thinking, I was not made for this. I want to be more. I want to work. I want to learn. I want to study. So just to give a platform where I can empower moms to say, if you want to do it, do it. And here is how I can help you to position yourself to get back into the job market. Where do I start? I want a job. Where do I go? So first and foremost, you need to have a good CV. Oh, so how do, how do you put that? <laughs> I don't have a CV. Okay. Oh, unfortunately, a CV is just one of those things that there is just no right or wrong way right. of doing a CV. Can you find a template? Absolutely. Okay. So there is great templates out there. We use a site which is also a job portal called CV City, mm -hmm. where you can download a template and you can also then upload your resume for people to find you for work. But there are so many free sites, even Word. The basic word, if you go into new document and you say search for a CV, <laughs> it actually gives you an amazing right. template. Do you add a picture to it? So, do. Now, again, there is no right or wrong way. And many people do not agree with me in my terms. But as a recruitment specialist, I find that if a candidate has got their picture on their CV, it's much easier for me to relate to this person. Right. And and that's also because my clients are very specific when they tell me what they are looking for. Mm. So if you show me what you are, I can make sure you are what they are looking for and make that perfect match. So yes, you do include a picture. Now, CVs are a funny thing because there's so many things that people are still including, like your physical address. You know, people are still in this country saying, I live at number 33 Lakefield Avenue in Lakefield, Benoni. Don't you say that? No. Okay. <laughs> so you let's say you're sending out your CV to 200 people on a daily basis. They all know where you live. They now all know oh where you live. They know your ID number. And... We are still thinking we need to be sending our matric certificates and our degrees and our qualifications. You're sending it to 200 people a day. That is why people have got access to make your degree their own. Mm. So it's changed. The world has changed so much when it comes to job seeking that you cannot share that information anymore. You have to be mindful about where you are sending this to and in whose hands does this belong. Practical example, you have found a job spec online. Someone has told you about a job. I'm a mom returning. I'm a dad returning to work after paternity, after maternity. And do you, do you contact them via phone, online, an email, or do you send them the, 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 the CV first time around? So it definitely starts with your CV first. So I'd like to just go back one step when it sure. comes to the CV. So there's also... Many people that are saying, if you've been out of the job market for so long, or you're putting on your CV that I've been a stay-at-home mom for four years, instead of taking the, the CV and talking about where you are lacking in terms of not being work working for that time period, take your CV to talk about your skills 
on your CV. So you are selling your skills and you are not selling where you have worked and what you have done. Right. So that's the way of really going around the fact that you haven't been working and you're trying to re-enter the workplace. Mm. Once your CV is complete, the first thing then to do when you have identified a position is to make contact with your CV. Now, recruitment agencies, I myself receive a thousand CVs a day. Mm. So it feels like it's the luck of the barrel, but you're screening and I'm only spending three seconds on a CV because I look for the first thing. I don't have it. I move on. So if you are going to send your CV out to 200 people a day, you are not going to come right. But if you are planning your career for the next five years and you say, five years from now, I would like to be in this position, work your way backwards and say, how am I going to get to that position Mm -hmm. and that company? Then put down little mile markers that says, if I want to work there, I first need to work here and work here and work here. Now you have got a plan. So now you can start and say, my first mile marker is that I need to be working at Standard Bank in order for me to get to Investec Bank. Now you will find on LinkedIn, which is your world of career potential professionals, find the person who is responsible at Standard Bank. So when you're sending your CV, you're sending it to the right person. And the message that you're giving that person is saying, you are on my list to reach my career goals. This is my CV. This is my skills. This is the position I'm applying for. And then you are already putting yourself forward to all of the thousands of people that are applying for jobs that they don't qualify for. Anyway, but I love that. So so, so it's a forward-thinking, goal-setting thing for yourself. You, you tell yourself in five years, I want to be a digital manager. So therefore, you say to them, I'm going to empower myself by in the second year going for a digital course or whatever it is. So it also gives you a sense of responsibility instead of just, I guess, sending out a CV of things that you can and cannot do. Correct. And once you start really looking at what you're applying for, your CV gets altered because once you make your CV, you go like, oh, yeah, I can okay, I can do this and this and this. Then you start looking at job specs and you go like, oh, I can also do that. Mm-hmm. And you alter your CV to say that I can also do that skill. Mm-hmm. So your CV is forever evolving. Your CV changes for every job you apply for. So if you are going to be applying for 200 jobs a day, It is so depressing and so demotivating. Mm -hmm. But when you have got an actual goal, you can start seeing the results of the work you are putting in by finding a job or putting yourself back into the job market. Do you you tell them you're a mom? Um, So you definitely don't put it on your CV. Right. You (laughs) don't say I'm a mother of two like a blog. Yes. You definitely don't do that. But when you are in a company... Um, in an interview process, I think it's it that it it needs to the mind needs to change to say that you are no longer being interviewed for the position. You are interviewing the company for the position as wow. well. Wow. Okay. Hold on. So therefore, you ask the boss questions in return. Absolutely. You look at things like if I do get this job, how long is it going to take me to get to work? After dropping my kids off, am I going to make it back home? Mm. Before you even go for the interview, those are the things we need to look at. Right. Then you put your budget down and you say, this is what I need to work. Mm -hmm. So if you, I think the mentality is still jobs are so scarce, take whatever you can. Mm -hmm. So women are taking or everybody is taking a five grand job 
but they actually need 10 grand to live. So mm-hmm. why are we doing that to ourselves? Yes, experience and all those things does count, but you are going to leave that company. And too many people don't understand the cost of getting it wrong. Rather take the time to find what it is that and you are actually right. looking for. I hear you. And when you are interviewing your interviewer about the company, why are we not asking questions like, how do you feel about moms in the workplace? How many other moms are here? Do you have unpaid benefits for moms where you allow them to go to two soccer games a month? I like that. I want to speak with that quickly. So, uh, wow, to recap quickly. So there's UIF that we spoke about. I get it. There's the, uh, the interview. Before you can even arrive, you need a CV. And that CV, by the way, I didn't know that. I don't own a CV. So I'll own a CV. Um, <laughs> she just rolled her eyes. Okay. <laughs> I have a CV. I lied. Okay, I'm, I don't have a CV. But, okay, well, um, I'll help you make one. <laughs> Um, and then I love how you say you put your goals, things that you want to achieve, you can put on that CV because it gives people, I love that. It gives your boss hope. It gives you hope. Absolutely. And then interview your employer, interview your new, also interview yourself. Is this, is this job good enough for me? Absolutely. Is this where I want to work? Wow. It's important. Job searching Job searching for me, I think, is supposed to be the most exciting thing because you spend a majority of your life at your job. So if we can just change the mentality and say, do I want to spend the majority of my life here? Are the employees here happy, positive, confident people? If the answers you are getting from your interviewer where it says, look, we've all got graduates here and they all go drinking on a Friday afternoon as a culture, you're supposed to stay after work on a Friday. And you sit there and you think, but I want to go fetch my kids from school at two o'clock when the office is actually closed. Mm -hmm. I don't want to spend my next three hours socializing on a Friday if I can be home and spend that time as a mom. So Mm -hmm. those are questions that you need to ask your interviewer. It's not just about you wanting the job so desperately that you're taking what you get and you end up being unhappy and unpaid benefits it's not just about the money it's about the benefits so tell me about unpaid benefits because you touched on that i love how you say i want to go and watch the soccer game twice a month for unpaid benefits is that something you can negotiate absolutely it's something that should be more easily negotiable so how do you ask for it So this is when you negotiate your package. Mm -hmm. You need, as a woman, you need to know, or as a mom, you need to know what is your ideal package to do the work. Now, when you're a mom, you do a lot of work at home, but you get rewarded with hugs and kisses and all these great happy moments. But at work, you are not only just rewarded with the salary that gets paid into your bank account. Because I said, you spend your majority of your time at work. Why are we not opening up our cost to company Mm. to say, instead of you giving me 2000 Rand increase for moms that are currently working, let's say you're due for an increase or you feel you need an increase. Instead of saying, give me an extra 2000 Rand, why don't you rather say, give me two half days on the days I can go and watch my kid play soccer, for instance. Or give me two sick days a month. So when my child is sick and I've got no family responsibility leave left, I can use my two sick days because you didn't give me a monetary increase, but I've Mm -hmm. now got all these benefits. Now I know 
employers are going to go, what is she saying? How am I ever going to be able mm. to keep control and keep tabs and keep this and keep this? But if we just change our mentality to say, we are all working with grown-ups here. Mm. A grown-up knows what her responsibility is. If she has negotiated that, she is going to make sure that she doesn't mess it up in terms of following the rules that she negotiated. There's no need to check up and keep tabs and have logbooks and <laughs> grown-ups here. <laughs> A logbook. Oh, no. If your boss is a woman, do you tell her more about your kids and what you do to a guy? I don't think that it is about whether it's a man or a woman. I think it's about the relationship that you build with your boss. I think that any relationship is built on communication and transparency, regardless of the gender. So if you are communicating with your boss about your circumstances surrounding your children... Look, bosses don't want drama. Don't get me wrong. I'm not asking everybody to line up outside of HR and tell them what the drama is. But if you are asking for time off, for instance, be transparent about why you are asking for that time off. Or they'll see it on Facebook. Or they will see it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> but be transparent. If you need a wellness day, ask for a wellness day. That, don't make up I excuses. will never ask for a wellness <laughs> Why not? The last wellness day I had, I was 17. <laughs> I hear you, though. So, but It's if powerful, yeah. No, it's powerful. Because where does a mom get a day off if she's at work or if she's at home? When does a mom get a day off mm -hmm. to just go to the shop and shop all by herself <laughs> with her two hands? Take her time. So... Is that not a without unpaid juice benefit? falling out in your handbag? <laughs> and mommy, please, can I have a baby alive? Did you hear? That's the, that's the latest baby alive. If you're four years old, apparently, <laughs> uh, baby, you have to bring a baby alive doll home that can eat and poo. Um, wow. <clears throat> how long does one stay in a job? So, there's no right or wrong question or answer here. I you think start with the with the end result in mind. Like I want to only stay here for three years because, therefore, my debt will be paid. So that was my mentality as I started out my career. I knew that I didn't want to be in the same position for longer than a year or the same company for longer than two years. I needed and wanted to grow. But if you are a person that is looking for, for comfort and long term, they are happy to be in that same position with the same company for 15 years because they have found the company where they want to be at. So there is no right or wrong. It's going to be about planning your career. What do you want out of your career? What do you want to achieve, whether it's job titles? We meet so many random and different kinds of people in our industry and some people are not our job titles mm. they're not worried about what you call them they are just wanting to do the work that they can do well where right. other people are saying i want to climb that corporate ladder right. i want to be in this position in this position in this position so each to their own Job hopping is not great on your CV because then that looks like you are not knowing where you want to be, mm. especially when you're younger. So it's so important for the youth to be mindful that just find the job that pays you what you need to earn. And then when you are moving, you're moving for careers. You're not moving for an extra 500 rand because it's costing you to go to work every day. And that's still a very big mistake that the youth of today is making. You're at your mommy group and you're complaining about your position at work and it gets to your boss's ears. 
So, again, transparency and communication. So, I, I'm a firm believer that nobody can fix anything unless they don't know that there is a problem. So it's very natural for, for moms and women to get together over lunch or in the office and talk about the things that are making them unhappy. And those are the kind of situations that really become so ugly and evil for you on the inside. But if you were open and transparent and communicated with your boss and went to your boss and say, I need this from you or I need this, will they not be more open to see how they can accommodate you if they know how to fix it before it festers into something that it doesn't need to be? You're fired. What do you do? Okay, so that also is a whole discussion. You know, itself. I had this discussion on air this week and how different societies deal with, you know, they use the term laying people off, which is such a negative, like laying you off, you know, it's almost like we don't need you anymore. Yeah. Like you can go, you know. So she had a baby, you know, how dare she have children? Oh. Yeah. Um, what, what do you do? What do you do if they no longer want you there because they, and I, I know what it was like being pregnant in the workplace. I was one of the first to be pregnant in my organization. Or let me put it this way, everyone around me, they, they haven't seen a baby or a pregnant woman in 10 years right, in that environment. And I remember there were two extremes. There was the side where, and, and I actually read up on it, where they say that the most bullied or, I'm going to say it, abused woman is a pregnant one because people feel that they can walk right over, you know. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side, there was this overprotectiveness, which I didn't mind because they don't know, you know. Like, yeah, just sit, sit down. <laughs> Jump sit, the queue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, get, get her a glass of water. I'm not thirsty. No, we'll drink the water anyway, you know, <laughs> that kind of overprotectiveness. Yeah. That's one thing because it's it's the emotion. It's But what, what if your employer, you know, the leadership of the business has that kind of mentality? Do you, what do you do? Okay, so it's really tough because when it comes to what the Basic Conditions of Employment Act, which is the law, labor law says, is that you cannot discriminate against any person that is pregnant um, or a mom or somebody that needs to go on to maternity leave. So sadly, we find that a lot of moms come back to work after four months. Somebody else has been working in that position mm -hmm. and now they need to go back to being a receptionist until they want that poor receptionist to feel like this is not right and leave on their own accord. So it's almost like they're working them out mm. because this four months has gone by and they found somebody better in their place, whatever the circumstances are. Um, so it's really tough, but the law is on the side of the employee. You have I love to that. I'm just going to quickly sit on that. <laughs> the law is on our side? Absolutely. The law is on your side. The law is asking employers to be fair and also asking employers to prove that an employee has done something wrong. So it's not an employee to prove that they have not done something wrong, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And there is really great platforms where you can go if you are feeling that you are being discriminated against, if you are pregnant, if you are currently working in that in that business still, or if you have come to work and they said, oh, no, sorry, we don't have your job anymore. 
Or if you feel like you're being constructively dismissed. Now, constructive dismissal means that they have made it unbearable for you to work there. Mm. So you had to resign. Mm. You can still go to the CCMA and open a case of constructive dismissal where you say, this is what they have done to me. I couldn't do it anymore. I had to resign, but I have been treated unfairly. So knowledge, again, knowledge is power. There are just so much information on your fingertips when you just start Googling it um, about what is your rights as an employee and as a mom, maternity, mm-hmm. etc. I just want to, I feel like I want to say this to to the overwhelmed pregnant mom who's listening to this. You must just know that you are not alone. First of all, you're not alone. And also that, that all of us, even all the people on this platform, we've all had a baby and we've all been pregnant. We've all felt overwhelmed. We've all been in a situation where you feel uh, at some stage, whether whether that emotion is real or you are sensitive, that's okay, um, that you are unfairly treated. And I want to tell you that it's fine and that it's okay. And I don't know, a feeling that I have, I just wanted to speak to that. And and you can write those ideas down and then perhaps you sit with a partner or a friend and you can see which ones of those are, are real and which ones are those of you just being maybe oversensitive because you're overwhelmed because there's a lot happening for you. But as long as you know that you and that baby, you're the most important person <laughs> in that in that entire equation, that you are the most important one. And all these other things, they're external factors. And yeah, there's, there's a lot at play. But you write them down and you sit with someone and you chat through it. Okay. The writing down is a very important part for me because I find that that is how I resolve most things. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. If, if, I mean, do you, do you demand things like a breastfeeding room at work? Is that, is that a right? It's not a right. And demand is a very strong word. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'll rephrase. Would it be suitable if you ask your employer to create a breastfeeding room so that you can express now and then while you are working. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so thankfully, there are so many of the big businesses that Mm. actually do make facilities for women who are breastfeeding at work. There's a fridge, there's a room, there's everything that they need. But again, let's be mindful that you cannot ask your boss to build you a room so that you can (laughs) feed. (laughs) But you can ask them to give you the time so that you can make use of facilities in your area. So restaurants, there's so many restaurants that are really on board with breastfeeding and having facilities, um, going to an empty office, but just giving you the opportunity so you can take that time express and be calm at it be calm at it and know that you are not doing something wrong Mm. and that you have got the the permission Mm. to use this time for you when you are expressing during breastfeeding that there are too many moms that stops breastfeeding too soon because Mm. they feel that they are going back to work but again communication so speak up and stand up for yourself and what you want and how you, and what you believe in and what you want to achieve in your parenting journey while being a working mom. And then you can come in harmony together with your employer. Without shouting. Without shouting <laughs> and grievances and all of those things that are just not necessary. Where were you five years ago? Do you know that I would express and throw it down the toilet, literally? Because there's no fridge, there's no... Because I was in a corporate environment and that is just how it was, you know. You you didn't ask for things because then that's actually how we started this, this project called Baby Brunch. Because we wanted to support moms and help them. And you're helping so many people today. You are. You're helping so many people 
um, with your own journey as a mom and also as someone that understands people, you know, in, in your job. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I'm missing out in terms of, you know, is there a specific right or does human rights apply to humans or does it apply to parents as well? Like, is there a special rule book that goes in here are the rights for parents in South Africa? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. <laughs> unfortunately, <Why> not? parenting <laughs> is... <laughs> Unfortunately, parenting is something that has been done over so many years and so many centuries. And there is not one mom that can be singled out because of the challenges that she is facing and now wants, you know, other people to give her special privilege. Because Why not? Everybody <laughs> is moms. <laughs> There's so many moms. But what I do find is that it's really about finding your tribe. You know, as women and as a woman and have got a bunch of wonderful women and moms that work for me it's so nice to see how people in the workplace are standing up for each other so if my child is sick I would send a message and say I'm, I'm out for the day my child is sick and they would pick up the pace if another child's another child is sick from another mom nobody asks any questions nobody says oh now she's taking time off again they are saying let's help her out let's see so she doesn't fall behind so she can spend that time at home knowing that she comes back to work everything happened as if she was not there and that's really a mentality where women really just needs to create their tribes and stand up for each other. We do not leave one mom behind mm -hmm. ever. And that is also still something where people need to change their mind shifts because sadly in the workplace, they feel like if I'm going to teach this person my job, they're going to take my job. So uh, isn't it enough for all of us? <laughs> That's what I feel. But yeah, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done when it comes to empowering moms and women, mm -hmm. not comparing yourself to a man that is earning more money than you in the workplace or the dad that gets to not want to watch the children while you go to the gym or or to each other like <sighs> it's yeah it's exhausting yeah super exhausting i'm inspired by what you do i i want to close with this i remember how and i'm speaking to the mom who feels bad they don't see me um, I remember going to work after my baby was born and I was breastfeeding at the time. And I, th I asked my then employer, who was a very strict lady. <laughs> yeah, I don't play golf with her anymore. But um, I said to her, but can't I bring the nanny with the baby to work? And I remember the nanny at the time was my, my aunt, you know, who passed on since. But um, I, I've, I saw it as completely normal to, while I am at work, have them in the room next door. Surely I could ring the baby and I could just breastfeed. And I remember when she said no, how offended I was. I was like, how can she say no to my precious baby and my aunt who wants to come and sit with me while I work, you know? And now in hindsight, I'm thinking, how ridiculous were you <laughs> <laughs> to want to take? I mean, there's no insurance for that baby where we are going. Nothing can happen to, to her, you know? No. It's a workplace. It's not, it's not for children. Unfortunately, yes. We do still need to remember that if a business is not a business anymore and it's not making money with your full attention as an employee and you are hired to do a job, you can't get a salary. Mm. So unfortunately, we can't have the best of both worlds. We can't have our children there all the time. Or you can if you ask. So if you are asking your boss, can I work at home three days a week without giving me a monetary increase, the answer is only no until you ask. Mm. 
So really, my message is to just ask the question, communicate, talk about it, put it out there. You never know. You inspired us today and you definitely made me very excited at times and I wanted to shout at times and cry and and I think we've got a lot of answers. So thank you very much. Madeleine Smith, uh, Managing Director of hrcompanysolutions.co.za. You are rad. You're really, really cool. Thank you so much. This was such an amazing experience. <laughs>